Hello and welcome to Next Times podcast series on healthcare supply chain. Uh, I'm Karthik Nagarajan. I lead the global consulting and business services for Next Times. I'll be interacting with senior leaders and stakeholders from the healthcare industry across geos and get their experiences and lessons learned in recent times with the supply chain management. On today's episode, we're focusing on CFO's take on supply chain and joining me today is Mr. Bhavesh Shah. Bhavesh is the Vice President Finance and Operation Excellence for Global Emerging Markets and Commercial Leader for North Asia at Convertech. Bhavesh comes with the three decades of experience working across FMCG, pharmaceutical, petrochemical and medical device industry. He specializes in business transformation, licensing, acquisitions and new business development. In his previous engagement, he was also managing a portfolio of $5 billion plus USD across APAC. Welcome, Bhavish. Thanks, Karthik, and great to be on this podcast. Yes, and so Bhavish, in recent time, we've all have seen the excellent coordination in the healthcare supply chain industry. And obviously, the struggles are very real, and I'm sure it must have taken a lot of effort to make it all possible. Having said so, I'd like to ask you, how have you been able to manage relationships and yet have regular communication with the customer in the virtual world? No, thanks, Karthik. I think uh, one of the things that COVID has taught us uh, that uh, many things that we had not envisaged in the past few decades, the virtual world has opened up a lot of avenues in the digital space. And it's important that we capitalize on the same. I think one of the things that we have today is, you know, the connection through digital, the way we are connecting today without having a physical contact. So we need to ensure that our ecosystem is well connected. Customers can connect to us through phone, websites, email, log into our webinars. We just need to have well-connected ecosystems, which allows us to connect all the dots. The technology companies do this very, very well. I think some of the companies outside the technology sectors don't do it as well. Also, whenever there is an option to meet or interact physically, let's do that. I don't think we should only depend on the virtual interaction. Don't just depend on virtual. So that would be my take on the feedback of customers. Not sure, sir. And it's very uh, you know, interesting to know there are some things that happen behind the scenes as well, right? To make it as possible. And let's all accept that none of us were ready for the pandemic. Uh, so, Bhavish Bhai, if given a chance to start all over again from Jan 2020, what would you do differently? It's a great question, Karthik. I think, uh, and I, I a couple of times in a couple, you know, in every week, I always think about it. What would have I done differently as a human being, as a person, as a as a father, as a husband, or what we would have done differently as a company? I think when we started uh, this journey, Convertech, uh, my company, had also embarked upon a major transformation. And there were some principles that we wanted to align on. And those were the same principles I would think we would double down on. Those principles are focus. We call it FISB. F as in focus. So focus on a few things. Okay. Innovate. Uh, people just think innovation is only left to R&D. But you can do innovation in supply chain, in commercial, even in finance, etc. Continue to simplify, S is in simplify, uh, build capabilities and execute excellence. So those principles we call FISB, I would just say we would have doubled down on each one of this as we look back uh, at, at uh, January 2020. And the last thing, but also the most important thing is keep a keen eye on talent. 
as i look back i also thought we lost a few people during this year and a half to three years and what could i have done differently so as to not lose those and i think uh, areas whether it's uh, motivating them connecting more with them trying to find a common purpose or a common sense of belongingness would be some of the things i would have done differently okay and uh, you know uh, thanks for coining this fisby uh, term and i'm sure our listeners would learn a lot from the fisby model uh, art convertech i'm sure you have set very high standards of customer experience uh, how did you actually ensure that your workforce is not only able to adapt or cope up with the new way of delivering but also deliver the same or higher standards even while they are working remotely what what are some things you did and what are some things you would like our listeners to follow and adapt initially when covid hit us it was kind of difficult because our sales staff were not able to go in the field meet customers etc and we wanted to ensure that they are their time is utilized uh, in a, in a most efficient manner and we started as an experiment some digital trainings to keep them occupied but we found that not only those digital uh, trainings were keeping them occupied but they were elevating them to the next level as you look at how do we interact with customers in the new normal so yes digital training has evolved in 2019 and i think dramatically improved in 2020 2021 will be even better and we have made a lot use of a lot of interacting platforms so it's just not one way platform we have interactive platforms you have whiteboards we have quizzes we have puzzles we we you know we in addition to the trainings we do things which allows us to know them uh, better as as human beings first rather than just our employees so i think uh, we have improved dramatically on this in this space and uh, we do believe the quality of trainings is improving day by day however one important thing we should not forget is the the amount of zoom calls or teams calls has drained a lot uh, in terms of just the energy that we have and we just need to ensure that we are not continuing to bombard our people with uh, with long hours of training uh, so just be careful i would say i try to balance the number of uh, virtual trainings with any physical event if possible so thank you thank you bavish and uh, you know i i couldn't uh, agree more uh, purely from uh, investments on training but at the same time we need to strike a balance uh, that we should not overdo on our teams and maintain schedules and maintain a healthy work life balance but having said that uh, one thing that i've always noticed that is very uh, close to any cfo is the cost right i mean and recently we've all read about the huge surge in global chain cost now how is it uh, that you have been able to cope up or your organization have been able to cope up and what measures have you taken at convertech uh to maintain a healthy balance between let's say uh, inventory and stock outs and other cost factors yeah supply chain and logistics cost are a nightmare now i think what uh, the payments that we are making are not 10% 15% higher some of the payments that we are making are 20 times higher than what we were making a few months back and not only that even after paying so much there are uh, not many suppliers available so it's it's probably a nightmare for all companies who are grappling with it there are shortages uh, cost increases etc and we need to think about it carefully as we look at 2022 again i would kind of hold to the few principles that i mentioned earlier the fisby let's focus on a few markets and protect them because there are some markets that are very important to us so we want to ensure that we protect them from this um, 
issue that all of us are facing the second thing i think uh, is invest in end to end visibility tools uh, ensure that right from your end customer to your intermediary to your sales rep to your erp to your supply chain to your manufacturing and to your uh, sourcing and procurement there's end to end visibility i think many companies outside the technology space are not very good at it it's in bits and pieces and we need to create that end to end visibility so that there is any change in the one one leg of this whole chain value chain is immediately known to the other side of the value chain the third item i would believe most important is constantly work with supply chain and procurements on any gaps and how do we solve and resolve that and i think this has been particularly helpful for us where our supply chain and procurement folks have kind of you know led from the front and try to resolve these issues um be very careful on uh, you know each uh, the allocation process that you implement across markets some markets have a tendency to overstock some markets uh, under budget so you need to be very fair and equitable because you don't want the end customers to suffer and i think the last and uh, but not the least is simplify the portfolio to the extent that is possible hmm. try and eliminate a small value SKUs so that your focus is on the big, big items. So those will be my intake, Karthik. And I do believe, in spite of or doing all the things that I mentioned, we'll still have issues because this issue is unforeseen and is huge. We'll just need to uh, learn to grapple with it and keep on learning as we move along. No, absolutely. And uh, you know, if if somebody tells me that we've been able to solve hundred percent issues, then I would say then wait for the next issue to come up, right? So. absolutely and i'd also like to develop on the visibility aspect later but before that i just want to quickly touch upon the other aspect right so will it be correct to say that organizations now uh, need to plan for investing on more manufacturing locations to keep up with its supply chain agility what are your thoughts on that the great point kartik i think over the last uh, two decades we have seen many multinationals especially centralizing their supply chain in one or two locations for all global brands and this doesn't necessarily is for healthcare you look at fmcg you look at all companies they have tried to centralize manufacturing just given their efficiencies compliance process improvement etc and this has come to bite us all uh, because we've seen issues crop up not only in supply chain but logistics etc so i think you're right that uh, you know we need to relook at this but that doesn't mean that we suddenly see factories or manufacturing capabilities open up every in every location we need to be careful because every location you open a manufacturing location uh, manufacturing location has to be grappling with two issues one is the capital that you have and the second is the resources so i don't think it's possible to you know suddenly make that one location into 20 i think however we also need to kind of work with some of the governments across the world especially china india us where there are a lot of local incentives being thrown out to the manufacturers that if you manufacture locally we will will be able to incentivize you so again try and work with governments and and see whether the incentives help you to create this extra buffer in your system i would also say in addition to manufacturing locations the suppliers that we have is an important part of the supply chain to ensure that you are not depending on one supplier ensure that you create a robustness in the supply supplier supply chain you don't want to even though you may have three manufacturers but if you have one supplier you are stuck with it 
So have robust suppliers uh, network, ensure you build supplier loyalty, create a sense of uh, supplier robustness in their supply chain. So I would say in general, avoid as far as possible single sole supplier and create that, uh, you know, uh, supplier uh, uh, diversification if possible. So I think it will be a host of things. I don't think it's just opening up new manufacturing sites, looking at new manufacturing sites, working with governments on new incentives, looking at uh, suppliers who can suppliers to different markets and different uh, avenues. So it's a host of these things, can't it? No, absolutely. And, and just out of curiosity, so one term that I really like is, uh, you know, investing on supplier loyalty. What are things uh, that you've been able to do as a leader and through Convertech to increase or invest in supplier loyalty? Because I feel uh, while everybody is putting a process in place, they've been able to have a strategy, but somewhere, you know, we all agree, right? Ultimately, it's human who delivers, right? And as soon as, you know, so how do you, what are things in your mind that, you know, you recommend people to do on supplier loyalty or today. I think first of all, we don't call them as suppliers. We call them as our partners. Sure, because sure. They are absolutely. actually our partners. I they are actually our partners. And what we do is we work with them on anything that we want to do, whether it's for improving their compliance, improving their quality, improving their processes. We are as much a part of their improvement process as they do it themselves. Yeah. Uh, so I think we treat them as partners. In all respects, we treat them fairly on ensuring that they are paid well for anything they do. They are paid on time and uh, we recognize them and reward them periodically. So I do think those smaller things, which are sometimes even non-material, uh, do play an impact on how they want to partner with us in the future. Okay, now that's, that's, that's really interesting and great. Uh, you also actually mentioned uh, on the aspects of a FISB model through innovation, disruption, visibility, etc. So I'd like to know your opinion if on a visibility area, data analytics, can they play, you know, can data analytics play a role in improving inventory management? I think they can play a huge role. I think the amount of uh, data analytics that we have today is what we have never seen before in our lifetime. And I think this is where uh, whether non-technology companies, I think the technology country companies do it very, very well. I've said it in the in the past, but the non-technology companies can really take a clue from them and see what we can do to improve. I mentioned about the value supply chain. If you have a connected value supply chain, right from your end customers uh, to your intermediaries, to your warehouses, to your uh, demand forecast, to your SNOPs, to your manufacturing, to your procurement, you can, you can imagine the amount of visibility and transparency it creates. So two or three things I would uh, encourage all companies to do. One is ensure this is endorsed by the CFO and the CEO of the company because it try, needs to come from the top. Hmm. Second, I would say is invest in uh, resources, whether it's infrastructure, talent, and the culture of analytics. Uh, show value of the analytics to everybody because not everybody is a big fan. People are <coughs> used to doing this manually. And we need to show them that analytics actually finally helps you in driving better decisions through enhanced uh, use of data. And uh, show them values in various areas. You know, you can unlock value, you can reduce inventory, you can drive up pricing, you can prevent leakages, you can create all these pilots. So, but absolutely a great point, Karthik. Analytics would be where companies will be able to differentiate uh, with others 
based on that's the power that they use analytics for absolutely and uh, you know very well laid out so thank you bhavish uh, thank you for spending time with us and shedding light on various aspects of supply chain and i'm sure our listeners could find the insights very relevant and they can learn a lot and as much as i enjoyed discussing some of the pointers with you and thank you everyone for listening in if you do have any questions on this subject or have any suggestions on any of the future topics you would want us to cover on our podcast uh, do write to us at thinknext@nextgen.com and thank you once again bhavish thanks hadik for the opportunity thank you